0: Today on CityCast Chicago, the documentary Unapologetic follows two young black women leading Chicago's movement for black lives following the police killings of Rekia Boyd and Laquan McDonald.
1: And I hope that it, it it is, you know, diversifying our understanding of like what a movement leader looks like, what a sustainable movement looks like, who is in our community that we should be uplifting and, and allowing to lead.
0: We talk with filmmaker Ashley O'Shea who spent four years documenting their stories. It's Thursday, August 26th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Here in Chicago, black women are so often at the forefront of driving change in their neighborhoods, calling for resources, demanding accountability. Two of those women are Janae Bonsu and Bella Boz. The new documentary, Unapologetic, follows Bonsu and Boz for years, starting back in 2015, as they organized and protested, as they visited family, even less exciting moments like hell, Bonsu studying for a PhD and Baz writing grant applications. The director is Ashley O'Shea. Ashley, welcome to CityCast Chicago.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: What made you decide to follow and film their experiences?
1: Janae was the first person that I reached out to about this idea. At the time, she was the chapter co-lead of, of the Black Youth Project 100 chapter here. But after I met her and talked with her more, you know, I found out that she was starting her first semester at this P- in this Ph.D. program at, at the Jane Addams College of Social Work. You know, she was 24 at the time. I was 22 I I was just like excited to document how she was going to try to balance all that and kind of try to bridge these two worlds of academia and grassroots organizing. And so I started filming with her. I was like, okay, this is going to be a cool, like little character piece. It'll be like 10, 15 minutes.
0: That was your original thought. You were like, (laughs)
1: let me,
0: let me see how Janae is balancing this world.
1: Just the first semester. Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny looking back on now, but yeah. So then that November, the, the tape of the killing of laqua McDonald came out, and that was the moment where I was like, "Okay, this this feels like a moment that deserves more than a ten to fifteen minute piece. It deserves, you know, the the other other women and films that were leading in the space deserve more than than a short film." Um, and I actually met Bella after she performed in front of Chicago Police Headquarters after the police superintendent Gary McCarthy was forced to resign, and I just remember filming that scene of her. And there's like this light following behind her. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is a movie. Now we've to go up. <laughs> um, and so I talked with her afterwards. She was just, she was hesitant at first, but I think once I was really interested in the fact that she was from Chicago, from the West side, um, and had this generational history here um, that that I think a lot of a, a lot of community organizers don't necessarily have.
0: Yes, that's my grandma, all her jewelry, I slept. This is my great grandmother, my grandma's mom. And then that's her mom. I've always seen women who have raised children and raised communities on their own. So you said when you ended up meeting Bella, she was hesitant at first. What did you say to her that, that made her change her mind?
1: (laughs) I could not have told Bella anything to change her mind. She jokes that she thought I was the feds when I first introduced myself to her. I think what ended up helping our relationship blossom was the fact that, um, I just kept showing up. Um, I, I, Think a lot of community organizers have this experience with with media, news media, that's really focused on like the spectacle of it. But you know, I was really showing a, a deeper interest in like what she was going through day to day in her life.
0: Yeah, and you really capture a side of both Janae and Bella that is so strong, so forward. It's it's so authentic to their voices, and you also showcase these really beautiful, vulnerable moments as well in both of their lives. You know, I remember a moment when Janae's roommate was putting makeup on her. So you know how I'm not really, (sighs) girly is not the right word, but you know, I don't do makeup and stuff, but I went to Sally's today, got some um, foundation. Oh shit. You lying girl. How do I do this?
1: No, no, no. You said black.
0: Black, like with you. You know, what was it like to to be involved in not only those moments of protest, those Mm -hmm. moments of, uh, you know, uh, uh, inside the movement, but also those moments inside their homes?
1: Mm -hmm. It felt really special. I mean, I think I actually enjoyed filming those scenes um, more than I did you know, the protests and the the public events. events. Um, I've always been really interested in like process and like what makes somebody who they are. Um, And so I always knew that we would want those intimate moments that weren't, that were scenes like the makeup scene, scenes like going to see Bella visit her brother in prison, because that really creates a relationship with the viewer as well, where they're able to see themselves in Janae or Bella at different points throughout their journeys. I think I think it's just important to show Black people outside of the struggle. I think um, especially to, to folks outside the Black community who may be looking at this movement, they may think that people are eating and breathing and living the movement 24 seven, which they honestly are in a lot of ways, but they are also people that have passions and have families. And have turnups um, that cry, that laugh, um, that go through relationship struggles, um, and in a lot of ways, I think even those moments as well are what helped to to sustain um, Janae and Bella and the movement as a whole. So the impact that we're looking to have, um, you know, on viewers is definitely wanting them to feel that they have a voice as well in this in this movement for Black lives. That it doesn't have to look a certain way or sound a certain way.
0: How would you describe your relationship to like activism in the movement b- before you started making this documentary?
1: I was always an advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement. I think my first kind of experience with that happened when I was in college. I went to Northwestern for undergrad. And in 2012, when, when Trayvon Martin was shot and killed, the Black community at Northwestern rally together, like I'm sure a lot of other Black communities did at the time. I think throughout my time at Northwestern, I really, um, I think I began to understand my place a lot more in terms, of, in terms of being a Black woman in this world. When I was in college, that was like the first time I started to have like language for it and, you know, access to strategies um, or theories of how we can better serve our black community or how we can you know hold our local government accountable to better serve black communities.
0: One of the things I really loved in some of those moments you were capturing is when you were with Janae and her family when she went to visit her uh her parents and her grandparents the moment when her grandmother referenced you and said hello to you and, and hi to you. But it does make it rough. Ashley did you off the quiet are we all you
1: okay we're not ignoring She's- you She's no, no, filming she, that she's, huh? she's just filming us. We're not supposed to talk to right. Ashley, we're supposed to talk to each other. I'm just in the background. I talk to everybody, Ashley. I appreciate I that. You know, maybe
0: some documentarians, they take those moments out. They they, they kind of break the fourth wall in those moments. Why would you choose to leave in?
1: I think that with me also going through my own kind of coming of age journey alongside Janae and Bella, was something that we wanted the audience to feel, like that relationship between the three of us. You know, as a documentarian, you always have a certain amount of power once you pick up a camera, like, over your subjects. And so I was looking for any type of ways to kind of, like, break down that that power dynamic, um, because I think it's important that your film subjects feel like participants more than they feel like, you know, they're they're being told what to do or they have to look a certain way, you know, especially especially with the industry, you know, historically, it's often white men or, or white people on the other side of the camera. So kind of being like, there's a Black woman on the other side of this camera and, uh, you know, you're going to have to deal with it.
0: One of the things I really appreciated about the film, as a Black person constantly watching Black death, mm-hmm. Black trauma, one thing I appreciated is that I didn't feel re-traumatized by this film. Mm. I knew what I was going to see. I knew that we were talking about the police murders of Rakia Boy and Laquan McDonald. I knew that there was a video of this kid being like gunned down in the street. And so a part of me was tense going into it. Like, am I going to have to see this Mm. again? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And when the film ends, a part of me is grateful for that. Can you talk about the choice of not including these scenes Mm -hmm. uh, of of black people laying in the streets?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad you were able to let out your breath after, after the film finished. I just, we, we felt like the film was already heavy in so many ways. Like even having to explain how Rekia Boyd and Laquan McDonald, how their lives were taken and, and kind of like the, the failure of the system and even holding their killers accountable, you know, that felt graphic enough and, and, uh, heavy enough. And so the idea of adding, uh, a a video on top of that, especially Laquan McDonald being shot 16 times, there's, there's other ways to get to that, that significance. Um, and I think, you know, the news media is always going to push that out. So we didn't want to replicate black trauma in that way.
0: Can you say, who is this film for?
1: Black people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just want people to witness Black women. So really hoping it encourages um, Black folks in particular to, you know, uh, it, it's a space for reflection, a space for healing, a space for rage. Um, and I hope that it, it it is, you know, diversifying our understanding of like what a movement leader looks like, what a sustainable movement looks like. Who is in our community that we should be uplifting and and allowing to lead? Um, so so yeah, I think primarily it's definitely a uh, definitely a film for Black people, uh, and and you know it could kind of trickle down from there. But but I'm a I'm a stand on that stand on that one.
0: <laughs> hey, Ashley O'Shea is the filmmaker behind Unapologetic. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jacoby.
0: The documentary plays through September 10th at the Gene Siskel Film Center in the Loop. Check the show notes for more details. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The mayor has announced that eligible city workers and volunteers have until October 15th to get vaccinated, despite major pushback from the police unions. Now, the mayor's office didn't really lay out what would happen if individuals ignore the mandate. If you missed it this week, Governor Pritzker extended the statewide eviction moratorium to September 18th. And some good news to get you through. The Taste of Greektown is back on the west side in Greektown. Now, there are more than 20 participating restaurants, and it's on Halston from Adams to Van Buren. So go ahead and treat yourself. Treat yourself. For more Chicago events, and trust me, there are a lot coming up this weekend, subscribe to our daily newsletter at Chicago.CityCast.FM. If y'all still sleeping on our newsletter, let Sydney Madden wake you up. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Skibbity bop, skibbity bop. Jacoby came in for some skibbity bop.